All right. Welcome to episode two of Movie Talk. Number I'm here two. with Wyatt. What up? My number two. <laughs> well, I'm number one. I'm number one. I just let you do the intro this time. And um, yeah, just thanks for listening to the first episode. Big response from our audience on the we first got, episode. It's overwhelming, really. I've been hitting... My Twitter's been going off all yeah. freaking day. We're hearing all of you, though. We're hearing all of you. Don't. Yeah, I'm still trying to respond to everybody. Yeah, just because we can't respond to everybody doesn't mean we're not hearing you. We're looking through all of them, honestly. Yeah, and um, actually, we just got back from vacation. Yeah. With all of like the money we got through the Anchor ad. So thank you, Anchor. Yeah, thanks, Anchor. Where did we go, Wyatt? Tell them where we went. We went to Universal Studios Hollywood the mm. first day. The first the day. The first day. And why was it a short day? Because Universal fucking stupid. That was our first time there. That's so dumb. We got there, went straight to Harry Potter Land. We're like, yup, we're home. Got the butterbeer. Delicious. And we went on the ride and we're like, eh, that was okay. You liked it. Yeah, I liked the first ride. That was cool. I just, I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, then we went on another one and it was about 10 seconds long. Oh, yeah. Fucking Hagrid. Hagrid? How the fuck do you say his name? Hagrid. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You have to say it with an accent. Hagrid. Hagrid. Yeah, it was fucking lame, though. And then the rest of the park kind of followed that path. <laughs> it was really lame from there on out. Every ride was dumb, boring. Dude, the Despicable Me ride was so fucking stupid. Yeah. That was really dumb, right? That was stupid. As a big Despicable Me fan, that was very disappointing. I don't know why you are, but like it was disappointing. Yeah. Um, what else was stupid? Jurassic World was closed. Yeah, we didn't even get to ride that. That was the one ride that I was actually looking forward to. Yeah. And then the studio tour was cool, but if I were to ever go back, I wouldn't really want to go on the studio tour again. You know, that's a one-time thing. It's a one-time thing. I got everything that I needed out of it, to be honest with you. Beautiful day, though. Oh, man, the weather was gorgeous coronavirus scared everybody out of the park so we had it to ourselves hell yeah baby lovely day bring it on coronavirus and that was day one day two we went to disneyland and california adventure much better it's so much better it's not even close and we were getting recognized when we were walking past oh man that was embarrassing god those girls don't bring that up they're like can we take a picture with you i was like i'm with my friends like yeah they didn't really recognize me but i mean yeah whatever I'll they heard there. my fucking stupid voice and they were like oh my god that's him yeah i sound really different from what i sound on the podcast i think i sound how i look you're fake as fuck on the podcast yeah 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 i don't sound like this in real life in real life i'm like hey 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 baby damn that's, that's hot I, yeah that's what i say but yeah it was it was a cool trip i enjoyed it disneyland was sick yeah all paid for all paid for by anchor thanks anchor yeah, thank you, Anchor. Thanks to our listeners, actually, because you guys made this possible for us. You made it so that we can live how we live. I didn't even promote it on anything. No. And what was the numbers like? Was it one or two million? <laughs> I don't. I stopped looking after the first million. Dude, I was just, I don't know. Life's different now. Yeah. So We're, just thank you. Yeah. We're here for a more serious shit. Yeah. We did something more serious than Universal. Well, speaking of Universal... They produced this movie. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to go watch The Invisible Man. Oh, yeah. There was posters all over the park. What am I saying? Yeah. I knew yeah. that. Th- it was pretty cool. He's like, we passed. We were on the tram, and it said, he's in the tram with you. Oh, yeah. That was spooky. I was like, wait, word? And we did that after we, oh, um, we're talking about Invisible Man today. <laughs> I feel like we should say that. We didn't say that. What yet. were you going to say, though? Oh. Um, it was nice that we went to that after we saw the movie because we saw the movie um, a couple days before that. Yeah, we did. And then we went to Universal Studios. We did. We were prepping for our second podcast, and this one's going to be a big one. It's The yeah. Invisible Man. We got the first one out the way, so this one's already better, I feel like. Yeah, we're doing good so far. Not bad. Yeah, five minutes in, we haven't said a word about The Invisible Man, but the sixth minute will be different. Yeah, you guys just wait. All right, so The Invisible Man, directed by, you say his name. Uh, it's Lee, uh, Lee Whannell. Lee Whannell. Yeah. And it's his third movie he has directed. Other ones were Upgrade, 2018. Yep. Great movie. Have, 
You didn't see it though. I didn't see it. We could we should watch that later. Yeah. And Insidious Chapter Three. Yep. I didn't see that, but I did. You did. Yeah. Nice. But he hasn't really directed much. He's been a writer on many horror movies, including the original Saw. So he's already a legend. Yeah, he uh, works with um, this. His his friend actually. I don't remember his name right now. He got friends. He works mostly with his uh, friend director James Wan or Wan. He directed those movies. He usually writes for this guy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he writes the screenplay for uh, the movies that this guy directs. He directed Insidious, the first two. Yeah, and Saw. Yeah, wrote the first Insidious, which is probably my favorite horror movie. Yeah. And every time I think of Insidious, I think of you. What's that? The rumor sitting in right now is the first time I watched Insidious. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, like, I don't really, I didn't, wasn't really a big horror movie fan. Uh, yeah. Because I was, I was scared. <laughs> that movie kind of turned me on to horror movies, too, though. Yeah. To but be honest. That was honestly an awesome movie. Yeah. This this guy, Lee Winnell, honestly, he he hasn't directed a lot, but what he's done with it is like pretty fucking crazy like um that what was that movie upgrade yeah upgrade small budget small, small budget. budget movie turn to profit insidious 3 i think it was a 13 million dollar budget turn to profit um the and that's in, small isn't it 13 that's, million that's tiny okay and invisible man had a nine million dollar budget i don't know how they only spent nine million dollars on that budget because it looked good i didn't see anything that was like oh that looks cheesy for an upgrade no, for Invisible Man. Invisible Man, that was yeah. a $9 million budget. Just I didn't see anything smart. that looked bad. They just did it smart. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Um, but yeah, this has uh, Elizabeth Moss in it. Elizabeth Moss plays Cecilia Cass. Yeah, she's uh, famous from Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen that either. My girlfriend says it's really good, though. She did say that was good. Yeah, she watches it. She's into it. Says that she's amazing in it. And she was very good in this movie. She was... Yeah. Like... She was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she did a good job. She plays a crazy lady. Great, but yeah, she. I think she carried part of the film with her acting. There's a couple scenes where it was just her in a room, and it seems like there could have easily been like eight other people in that room with because it didn't feel boring. It didn't feel slow. It felt like it like had its place in the movie. They must have had like Green Man come in, right? Green Man. Yeah, like dressed in like a green screen <laughs> and he's was, just like fucking I was thinking green man always sunny <laughs> exactly what uh, I was going for but oh, okay well that's not what they call him but alright green screen man yeah sorry but yeah the movie nine million dollar budget yeah so far it's uh over a hundred million grossing which is great uh last movie we did Sonic had 95 million dollar budget 300 million dollar grossing so far so this is already doing as good profit wise as Sonic the Hedgehog guy. It's crazy. And this Lee Winnell guy, he he knows his horror. He knows how to build the sequence. Yeah. And it was it was evident from the first five minutes. Oh, man. That was the scariest part of the movie for me. Like, the rest of the movie comes across kind of as a thriller. Yeah. But those first five minutes or so, that's like, that's horror. That was scary. Should we just jump right into it? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Okay. Spoilers, everybody. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. If you don't, if you haven't seen it yet go see it because it's worth worth seeing in my opinion yeah you should have listened to our podcast in the theater and we'll just like guide you through the entire movie right yeah here. if you're like just sitting through uh marissa menunos talking through maria menunos is it maria yes she doesn't look latina she's maria menunos oh, okay. you're right if you're just listening to her right now and she's a fan of the podcast she's a fan of the podcast <laughs> Right. She has her own podcast. I wonder if it's any good. I haven't. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard it. All right. Let's hop right into this. All right. So it starts off. Um, our main character, Cecilia, played by Elizabeth Moss, is in bed with her boyfriend at his house. Their giant house. Giant mansion of a house that's fucking amazing. Fucking beautiful, dude. And yeah, they're laying in bed together. He's fast asleep. She's wide awake, obviously. She's getting out of bed, trying not to wake him up. She if pans over to um, like a glass that had liquid in it, I think. It was like his glass. Yeah. And she drugged him with uh, diazepam. Diazepam. To get him to stay asleep. Yeah. Drugged him. Yeah. And that, like, just like that scene when she's getting out of bed is so fucking scary. Because it's just so quiet. 
you don't yeah. hear anything but her like little footsteps and her little like picking the glass up and putting it back down like yeah that's so loud loud as hell in this and yeah just, they did a really good job with the audio in this movie now that i think about it yeah i didn't make a note of that but but she gets up she's putting on her uh like sweats and her shoes that they made a big deal about i don't know they give that nice nike shot yeah sponsorship yeah for sure good for them though yeah gotta get your sponsors we would know thanks anchor thanks anchor so yeah she puts on her shoes and she grabs a bag out of this room where she has to like kind of like nudge it open doesn't she she kind of like pushes the wall yeah yeah just and we're hoping the guy doesn't wake up because we're already a fan of this girl we're with her it's clear from the beginning that he is like abusive or something like that like you could tell just from the setup of the movie that he is definitely abusive you can see like like the house the way the house is built it has a giant like 10 foot tall wall surrounding the entire house like that's insane yeah i i hope i live there someday i would love to live there this place is so fucking nice anyways the she she's trying to get out of the house she called her sister beforehand and she's there to pick her up out in the woods mm-hmm. and it opens to that sequence that plays in the um, trailers where he punches through the glass like he runs after her punches oh, through the glass it. that's terrifying yeah but first, she's, like, grabbing her belongings. She goes into the room. She moves the camera away from, puts it on him, and she watches him from the phone, which yeah. adds more suspense. He has security cameras all over the house, yeah. And she turns off all of them except for that one so she could watch him. And, and then she's walking, and then she kicks the dog bowl, and it was, like, the loudest, like, jump scare. That's another good example of the audio that they did. They, they did a good job with that. It was... Like, that was scary as hell, and it was her kicking over a water bowl. I think I jumped, like, hella hard. I jumped, for sure. Yeah, she kicks a dog bowl. She goes into the garage, and then the dog, Zeus, has, like, a shot collar on him. And she's like, I'm not going to leave you with this on. She takes it off, and the dog bumps into the car, setting off the alarm. And then she just books it into the books it to the wall, jumps over the wall. She climbed that shit easily. Good for her. She's fit. And then she runs into the woods and we're just yeah. like, what the, what the hell's happening? <laughs> Where the hell is she going? And then she's waiting for her sister, not telling her it's an emergency and to hurry up. And then there, she gets in the car and she's like, what's happening? And she's just sitting there. And then Adrian catches up. And as you said, yeah, punches, punches the window. The hole in the glass. That was, that was badass. And that was really like the first time we saw his strength. Strength. That's He's gonna, strong in this movie. Yeah, that's going to come back later. Because he is strong. And, and she drives off, yeah. leaving only him and the bottle of diazepam behind. And scene. But that opening scene was so great. Because I wasn't really too excited going to this movie. But that opening scene made me like, oh, this is going to be a good movie. Yeah, I didn't expect it to. Um, I don't want to say that. I, I, it wasn't that I was like, this isn't going to be a good movie. But I wasn't thinking it was going to be amazing. I was thinking this can be the second time I'm going to watch it. Because... The trailer gave away too much. Yeah, they did. Or at least I thought it did. It did, though. I feel like when I was watching it, I was, like, even thinking about the trailer. No, I like, that's the thing. It's not that it gave away too much of the plot. It gave away too many of the shots and things like that that I feel would have otherwise benefited the movie in the long run. Yeah, like, especially the scene. I, I, you told me this. Yeah. When, he dumps, when she dumps the paint. That would have been, if I didn't see that in the trailer and I just saw that in theaters that scene genuinely would have been like an amazing scene. Like I would still be talking about that. Like, Whoa, like that. Remember that? Like that was crazy. And I had to like, cause I knew that scene was coming, but I still jumped when that happened. Cause the music yeah. compliments to Benjamin Wallfish. 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 Something like that. <laughs> cause that was so scary. That was scary. I wish that I wish they didn't show that, but it didn't do anything to the plot that they did show that because they already it's clear that he's alive yeah he's not he ain't dead nah but anyways let's move on with the plot yep so two weeks later she's heading at the house of her it says best friend here but they didn't seem like best friends i thought that he was um, like the her sister's friend yeah emily's friend yeah but he's a cop his name is Aldous Hodge. That's the actor's name. 
and he plays James Lanier, and he lives with his uh, daughter, Sydney Lanier, played by Storm Reed. Yeah, she was in um, oh God, I, got, I forgot the name, but it's a Disney movie with Oprah, and like Mindy Kaling. Oh yeah, uh, Wrinkle of Time. Wrinkle of Time. I never watched that, but it looks fucking car crash of a movie. Did you watch it? I watched the first fifteen minutes. It just looked so dumb. I think but it's I think it's on a streaming service. Disney Plus probably. But I mean she did good. Terrible. Terrible movie that was. She did good in this movie. Yeah. She did right. I think that she wasn't really a major character as far as anything goes, but the, the scenes that she was in she did she did fine. Yeah, she did great. Yeah. Um but this is when we really see like the abusiveness of Adrian Griffin. Or at least the effect that it had on the her. effect it has on Cecilia Cass. Yeah, because uh, Sydney and James are just watching her like stare out the window for I'm guessing two weeks. Right. And then they're like, "You need to like go outside, go check the mail." But Cecilia doesn't want to do that at all because she's so scared Adrian's gonna get her. Because he said, "If you ever leave me, like I will find you, and like I will like." He like, says this some the shit part like that's, that. No, the crazier part is that he says. I will be right behind you and you won't even be able to see me. Yeah. He literally said that to her. Like, I mean, if that's not foreshadowing enough that he's like there, then I don't know what is. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, Emily, her sister comes to visit and then she says, uh, like, why would you come here? You know, Adrian's going to follow you much better than that. Cause Elizabeth Moth is a better actress. Yeah. And she says, Adrian killed himself. And yeah. next thing you know, she's left with like crazy amount of fortune. five five million dollars, five million dollars, and she gets ten thousand like a week or a month. Um, I thought it was like a hundred thousand a month. That's even more, hundred thousand a month, and she like repays back uh, James by paying off the house, and uh, Sydney paying for her college fashion. Yeah, she wants to go to some fashion school, so she pays for that. She opens up like a credit card in her name or something like that. Yeah, and we meet uh, bank account. We meet Tom Griffin, the brother, brother of Adrian. Yeah, what a boner this guy is. Yeah, right away he just seemed off. This guy is the definition of a boner. Like boner in a good way? No. <laughs> oh, he's just. When has boner ever been used in a good good way for anything? I got a boner. Well, I mean, it's a good feeling <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good thing to be called well, i could tell you my boner has been used in many <laughs> ways <laughs> all right <laughs> true anyways preach man what a great scenario for her adrian committing suicide and she's getting all this fucking money that's dope i wish i was in that scenario. that's that's what uh what do you call it gold diggers dream of yeah she wasn't though yeah she was this, in it that's what bugging me about this movie she was left this five million dollars and it literally meant fucking nothing to her like it was like she might as well not have been left the five million dollars she at first it got her through that rough patch right there she gave the money to um sydney yeah she gave it to sydney and she gave sydney pay off the house and but after that it's really of no consequence anymore the fact that she got this five million dollars he they should have done like a little shopping spree they should have done. They should have done a shopping seat. Yeah, with Emily, like, not that one, and then she comes out again. Yeah, that play, one playing uh, some song in the background. What I got, you got. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Never. I'd watch that. It's like the basketball scene in uh, uh, Catwoman. That's just hilarious. This movie really should have had a basketball scene in it. It was missing one. At least one. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> Every movie needs a basketball scene. All right, well, anyways, she gets that money. Good for her. Good for her. But now she's being, now she's, like, back at the house, and she feels like she's being watched, and the camera does such an awesome, like, job. Because it, like... Cinematography in this scene? The cinematography. Yeah. Because it, like, focuses, like, in a corner, and you're like, why is it just in this corner? Like, it's, the character's off-center, but then you're, like, realize, oh, the invisible man is right there. It's th- it's that, and it's also the fact that they don't they, they don't tell you like you don't realize that he's there. You don't see like something move or anything like that. Yeah, she just knows that he's there because she she can like sense his presence. Yeah, like she knows that he's in that corner, and so the camera pans to that corner. It had a lot of cool panning shots in this movie too. 
that I like. It had some uh, like shots that would pan around Cecilia. Like mm-hmm. it would start facing head on, looking at her face, and then it would slowly spin around to the back of her head, and it would look like down a hallway and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of really creative shots in this movie. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Paranormal Activity when they're in the first like, one. I don't know which one. I think it was like the second one. Some like unknown one, but I just remember it was like they left the camera on a fan and it would just keep yeah. panning. So you'd see a hallway and you see the next room. And they had like plenty of those shots. Yeah. And that's just like I'm sure that has to go into the script of the way it was planned with uh Lee Winnell, the way he like writes. That's just I was I was glad to have a break from like the standard uh shot that they have in horror movies where it's like looking down a hallway and you just get that like slow zoom. Like it's just slowly moving and towards it. Saw. Ah! Yeah, I hate that shit. It's so it's so boring. So it's in every movie now. It's such a cheap way to scare. Yeah. Like I don't like jump scares. It's just not fun anymore. I can appreciate a jump scare, but I don't like them in movies where it's supposed to be like a psychological thriller. It's like cheap. it's good every once in a while in movies, like one or two in a movie. Yeah. In a horror movie. But when horror movies rely on jump scares the entire way, like what was it, The Nun? Yeah, don't even talk about Annabelle. That. Yeah, stupid movie. The Nun was probably the worst horror movie that I've seen in the last couple of years. Like the Nun's a scary looking character, but then they go into like her backstory, and it's just so. It's boring. It's just so dumb. It's boring, and then they relied on jump scares to get anything out of it because nobody was invested in the story because she didn't have a good backstory. If yeah. you care about the characters, then you're like, oh shit, damn. <laughs> Yeah, but nobody cares. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do. That's what the nerds do when they write shit. Yep. I didn't take as good a notes as I would have liked, so I definitely need to get back to the theater and see it again. Because there's a lot of... I remember there's a couple of scenes where I was, like, smiling to myself, and I was like, that was a really good shot. I think this, like, next scene, definitely. Like, because we never really see... Like, we feel like he's there. Like, yeah. we know he's there because we see in the trailer. But there's, like, no proof of his presence there. Yeah. Yeah. But then in the middle of the night, the iPhone gets picked up and then it's taking pictures of her. You see like the flash and we're just like, oh, she, something's about to go down. Shit. And then takes off the blankets from her. And then she wakes up and sees uh, Cindy's mannequin all dressed up because she's yeah. in fashion, fashionista. Yep. And then <laughs> that scene was pretty scary because it was just like, she was like, <gasps> I think her she be- had a jump scare. Her being in fashion school didn't really seem clumsy either. Yeah, like that. I feel like they could do that where it seems like, oh, they did it just for the point of having this mannequin in her room so that we could have that one scene. But it didn't feel clumsy like that, because yeah. especially because it like contributed to the plot where she was paying for her school with the money that she got from. Right. What's his face, Stein? Adrian. Yep. Adrian. And anyways, the comforter is slowly pulled off and several flashes of lights are seen, as I said. And she wakes up and is suspicious about the blankets on the foot of the bed. And she goes to pick them up and you see Adrian's like footprint on it. Yeah. And she's just like, huh? And she then takes one more step. Huh? Yeah. If that happened to me, I'd be gone. I That's the thing. Uh, horror movies are hard to have like a willing suspension of disbelief when you can't like justify a character's actions, but I feel like she has a good reaction to this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she tries to take them back and they like finally move. And then he feels like she feels like he's sitting in the chair. She's just going crazy. And she tries to throw the blanket over him, but like nothing's there. And I remember that was another like loud, like noise in the movie. Thanks to like the music. I think it it was, it was a fucking sheet being thrown over the chair. And it was like, like really like ridiculously loud <laughs> no like even just like the actual audio of the blanket going over yeah. it was like whoosh, like thrown over the chair it was fucking loud dude adrian was just fucking with her dude he was like it wasn't even it had it was just him being abusive again yeah he probably gets off on it yeah this is like his thing yeah and uh one time i was at my grandma's house right going a little off topic here it's fine and i was like having there's just like a week of nightmares for me <laughs> like i was just having like the worst dreams ever and i woke up and i felt like i saw somebody like walking in the house and like hid behind something and like i said if that was me i'd be gone 
but you didn't run away in that circumstance no i got up and i like investigated i investigated and i felt like somebody was hiding it looked like them like curled up in a ball hiding and i remember i like kicked i kicked it and it just ended up being a pillow like i like woke up too fast and i saw like just like weird shit so i guess like maybe i'd be like who the fuck stepping on my sheet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i would probably look to it and be like i wouldn't automatically assume oh it's my dead boyfriend who's actually not dead stepping on my sheets i would look at it and be like oh shit they got hooked on something over here that shit (laughs) i can i don't even think i would know what to do no because how do you even go back to bed after that well did she big strong cop man come came busting in oh yeah huh yeah yeah strong my man was buff as hell too god damn but yeah he came busting back in and he turned on the lights and shit and they were all freaking out over it yeah and then um yeah james comes in and she's like unable to say like what she saw because sydney strong sleeper slept through it all yeah but damn that shit would be scary that was a really good scene yeah i think it set up the next couple of scenes just in the sense that she like she definitely thought that he was there she saw something like standing on her blankets but you don't have any proof that he was actually there she didn't actually see anything she didn't you know like he didn't like slap her in the face or anything in that scene yeah and this follows like a lot of other movies too where like the main protagonist knows something is true yeah and she like nobody can't explain it. it nobody believes her yep it's kind of a horror movie trope at this point like a lot of movies but it that. didn't feel like it didn't feel gimmicky though the yeah. way they did it no i agree nothing felt uh cheesy about this movie at all no i think the strong acting kind of lent itself to the plot and when in the fact that could have seen cheesy if there were bad actors in doing the roles bad writers bad, bad actors writer. yeah and they had a combination of a, of a couple of them that made a kind of silly concept somebody being invisible like a believable story and you're like wow that like not only could that like potentially happen based on like how we are with science and all that now but that's fucking scary and yeah realistic kind of it doesn't take you out the movie either like no. when you're watching you're like just watching it Sometimes when you watch a bad movie, you're like, oh, like this fucking movie, bro. Oh, brother. Yeah, those scenes. And then, uh, come on. Our theater was pretty talkative, too. But, like, when these scenes were happening, they were, they got kind of quiet and they were like, something's like, yeah, it's real. It does bug me when people talk through movies the whole time. But then there was that group in the back that were like, oh, hell no, bitch. Run. Run, bitch. I hate that. And, and like, they get one laugh, so they won't shut up for the rest of the movie. Yeah, my girlfriend. Yeah. My girlfriend laughs at all those things. And she I'm, was like, ha ha. And she they encourages heard that. It. They're like, yes. Oh, God. She encourages it. It's what she does. And I'm like, no, stop. They're going to keep going if you keep doing that. Just, I don't understand why people do that shit. I don't know. But I got to say, I didn't see one person texting. That's yeah. also my pet peeve at yeah, movie we theaters. Yeah. I didn't feel the need to take out my phone at any point. I forgot I had a phone on me. I was really into this movie, so like I could like tune them out. You know, yeah. when I watch bad movies, that's all I like think about. Yeah. It chapter two. A lot of talkers in that movie. Well, I blame them because it was the middle was fucking long and boring. <laughs> <sighs> that movie was so long. That has way longer than it had any right to be. Yeah. But we're not talking about it. Chapter two. No. We're talking about Invisible Man. We're talking about a Which real was a good movie. movie. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. And she comes home from the doctors and she gets a call later in, in the story. I think it's like probably like later that day or the day after. And she is it's revealed. The doctor says that she had high traces of diazepam in her system. The diazepam comes back. Comes back. She didn't have it the whole time. Adrian. Adrian picked it up off the floor in the yeah. opening scene and obviously came back with it. Yeah, they said it was like a mild overdose and that she caused the fainting. This is like really when she knew for sure. Like, this is Adrian and not just like some ghosts. Like, yeah. Or not just like her imagination at least. Yeah. Like she wasn't just like paranoid and these things were happening to her. Like she knew for sure she didn't have it for the last two weeks. Not only that, it had bloody fingerprints all over it from Adrian's hand when he punched the glass window. Yeah. He got blood all over his hands and then he picked up the bottle. And I'm pretty sure you'd remember taking taking it as well. It's in your system. Yeah. Definitely. 
then now she goes to visit her sister who was like weirdly angry at her yeah and then we find out that adrian wrote an email to her saying like you're annoying like you leave me trapped or something like that you make me feel trapped yeah you're suffocating me yeah suffocating is what she said yeah and then and in an email pretending to be cecilia from cecilia's email she he sent that to her sister the email i felt like was a little dumb to me because i don't think if i received the email like that i would immediately cut off like a contact with like my family well you'd say that but there was definitely lingering feelings that that was kind of true that she did kind of feel like that earlier in the scene true they were talking before that and like it kind of seemed like uh cecilia was not really like into her sister being there at that point in time oh yeah because she was pretty mean to her when she came to visit her yeah she's well because she was the first time to tell her adrian died yeah and then i'm sure there was like that last two weeks was really like awkward with uh the two sisters after adrian punched emily's window yeah i'd be like what the fuck you get me into i know because she didn't even tell her that like she was leaving her boyfriend she just said come pick me up at this time yeah she didn't say hey like emergency be there on the dot and like we gotta go yeah none of that fucking shit i'd rather hear that than like hey can can you come pick me up and then go into a war zone or something what are you doing you free that's uh terrible and yeah sydney the little girl she tries to cheer up cecilia afterwards after she gets back from the doctors and she gets the news and all that she tries to cheer her up they have a little little gals night they're they're about to have a gals night yeah they were gonna yeah they don't even get to the gals night and then she gets the little girl gets fucking smacked or punched in the face she gets straight up bitch slapped yeah by it you don't see like she didn't see like you hear it you hear like a little no i turned away for a second during the movie theater because i think i was like looking up looking at those annoying kids yeah and all of a sudden i hear like kakoosh and then sydney's on the floor yeah yeah she got slapped i was like what the fuck happened yeah she got slapped by adrian adrian he's yeah he's invisible and he slapped her in the face but uh sydney was looking down so she didn't even see that shit happen so she thought that cecilia fucking smacked her in the face yeah she's screaming hollering for her dad to come in yeah she She hit me yeah she hit me yeah dad's all pissed off takes his daughter dips out to the hospital or something yeah they leave to go somewhere so they get her out of there i think yeah they just want to get her away and yeah they leave the house he said i'm gonna take my daughter somewhere safe yeah like leave me alone (laughs) yeah and then she's alone in the house or so she thinks and this is really like probably like the craziest like yeah this is where shit really like hit the fan in the movie like it got real after this yeah so what happens after that is she's alone she knows that adrian is in that house somewhere she she knows that he's there at that point she's just watched like her this little girl get slapped in the face by him and she gets pissed off what she does is she gets like these coffee grounds she throws them all over the floor so that if he steps in it she'll see that he walked through there right with his footprints and things like that she hides in the corner of the room it isn't really you don't you're not aware of like a time frame how long she's there but she seems to be there for a long time like waiting for him to make a move i think the clock like jumped like three hours because yeah. i'm pretty sure it was like wasn't it like almost like 3 a.m or something crazy like that at the, what like at when it happened yeah they yeah. made like a point to look at the clock but i don't remember yeah. it was something in the a.m yeah and then she gets her phone she fucking she decides to call adrian she calls adrian because she's like this shit isn't funny anymore she's like she just smacked this little girl in the face gives him a call and you hear a little vibrating going on mm. going on the ceiling mm. <laughs> phones in the attic phones in the attic people yeah she undo- undoes the ladder that goes into the attic climbs on up what's she find she found her portfolio that was missing with all of her architecture paintings or drawings, which looked, those looked cool. I'd buy that house. Yeah. And then she finds, she finds the phone with a text message that says, surprise, and surprise. pictures of her while she was sleeping that yep. one night. Mm-hmm. She hears rustling downstairs too, I believe. 
while yeah. she's up there. He's not up there with her. And then we got this awesome shot of her like looking outside the attic. And like you can see the like ladder going up and you see her face just terrified. And it's as if like we're following Adrian up the ladder almost. Yeah, like if we're seeing it through his eyes almost too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the really cool shot that they did there. It's looking up and then this is where you get the iconic part where she, she grabbed the paint from next to her, tosses it on his ass, and you see his like head like outline. Yeah. And then he runs off and she just follows the paint with I think she had like a knife at the time something but she follows it the paint trail ends and you see in the sink that he washed himself off and that's when shit gets crazy he fucking starts beating the fuck out of her invisibly you can't I, see him he says surprise doesn't he right before she he starts beating the fuck out of he her. he does yeah he's like surprise, surprise. that's the first time we actually like hear his voice yeah and he starts beating the hell out of her and chucks her out picks her up yeah like, super strong guy, picks her up. This was a weird scene for me, because she had a knife. She's swinging the knife at him. He grabs the knife with what I presume is his left hand, holds the knife away, and then picks her up with his right hand and pushes her up against the wall. Like, this guy is strong. Yeah. Like, like he's really a strong. tech guy. Are you sure he's that strong? Yeah, exactly. He's Like, I would expect some, like, fucking neck beard, not some big tough guy like this guy, because he was strong. Because, like... I never really said if, like, the suit gave him, like, extra powers or something. I don't think so. I think it was just a I mean, suit that made him invisible. Just a suit like, that made him invisible. Yeah. Looking past that, that was still, like, a needed scene, I would think. Yeah. Just to, like, show, like, how, like, crazy he could be if he wanted to. Yeah, they were definitely setting it up for later in the movie to show that he could fight. Like, he's not some fucking slouch. Like, he can, he can kick ass if he needs yeah. to. So he, like, picked her up and then threw her across, like, the table, like, the entire length of the table. Those are a good, like, six or seven feet. Yeah. And then she's just, like, she's just kicking and screaming and getting pulled by this guy. Yeah. Getting dragged, like, down on the floor. Eventually, she makes it outside and just, like, she gets a, I don't an know, Uber. Called Uber. She calls at some an Uber, point. I think, yeah. Takes the Uber to the mansion, the uh, Adrian's house, and she's got him she knows some shit's going on so she goes and checks that shit out and then we're back at this like crazy house yeah just full of suspense at this point yeah because she like, he could really be anywhere scene just happened and yeah. yeah he could be anywhere you can't see him shit is crazy i was never really sure what his intention was with like just haunting her like did he want to kill her or just like mess with her head and like just want to mess with her head like he was like her alone just an abuser like that's what he got off on was just like making her scared and him feeling like stronger than her yeah you're right yeah she was yeah and goes all the way to the house she tells the uber driver to wait for her <laughs> fucking i'd be like nah nope i'm going home but no he waits and she goes inside finds his little laboratory downstairs that they showed in the beginning of the movie and it's sure enough there's a suit that she finds that turns invisible yeah, it's got like cameras all over it and shit, and it turns invisible. And she stashes that shit in the house, mm-hmm. in her hiding spot that she had. Yeah, in the beginning. And I don't want to give the rest of the movie away. I don't want to, because there's some like we haven't we've revealed a good amount, but nothing that you can't like surmise from the trailers. Right. I don't want to give away the whole plot. Concluding our plot summary, like, what did you think of the movie overall? Overall, I like. I genuinely, like, really loved this movie. There were so many scenes that genuinely, like, had me shocked. Every scene was scary to me. Like, they did a really good job of, like, building suspense every single scene. Right. Like, everything. Like, I never knew where this movie was going to take me because there were so many scenes that, like, my jaw was on the floor. Oh, yeah. I agree. And it was probably, like, the most fun I've had in the in a movie theater in a long time. Yeah. Since, uh, what was the last movie that made you? Like, like, from that? a horror perspective? Yeah. Probably, like, The Lighthouse. I thought that was just a fun movie all around. Yeah, it was. I know I kind of took your uh, took your saying there, but no, you're good. Um, but like from uh, any other kind of movie, just a movie theater experience, Knives Out. That was a fun movie too. I was so like into I, that movie. I love that movie. I didn't expect. I went into that movie expecting bullshit. The I, trailer was really bad for that yeah, one. Yeah, it was. I thought it was gonna be a really stupid movie, and then I went in and I was like, "This is this is really good." Yeah, just like <laughs> the way they were like interviewing everybody, just yeah. so much fun. Yeah, for sure. 
And then, uh, but yeah, no, The Invisible Man was super fun and scary. I really want to go watch it again because I do too. Yeah, I think leaving I need the theater, to. like I wasn't like gonna rate it this high, but the more I think about it, like talking to it, talking about it with you, like I'm like, oh man, that was so good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm feeling a solid eight point five on this one. Eight point five. I'm going to the eights. That's high. How'd you feel? I I really liked this. I thought it was a good fucking movie. Um, it like I it wasn't perfect just in the sense that I don't think that like an invisible man type plot is really um I don't think it's that creative to begin with. I think it's kind of lame, but the way that this director and the movie turned out as a whole yeah was really good. And they made like what I thought was beforehand like kind of a dumb plot really good. And I feel comfortable giving this movie like a 7.9 7.9 7.9 for me. But I don't, yeah, I mean, I had to defend this with my girlfriend. I told her what I thought about this movie. She, because I, I gave Sonic, I don't remember what I gave it, I gave it like a six point something. And she was like, this is only like one full point ahead of that. And I was like, well, I don't I don't feel bad giving like Ratatouille a nine. Ratatouille is a great movie. Yeah. But it's a different type of movie. Top 20. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Invisible Man is like like a piece of shit compared to Ratatouille. They're just two completely different movies. They're trying to do two different do two different things, and they do different things well in some cases. And in Sonic, they don't do things as well, and that's that's that. But my biggest gripe with this movie was that the trailers give away way too much with that that big scene where he where she throws the paint on him. Yeah, the, the paint scene, the attic scene. <laughs> they gave away too much. I I saw one trailer and I was like that looks crazy. Like just seeing it in the trailer, I was like, whoa, but I can tell right away that he's real. Like he's not dead Yeah. just from that trailer. And I think they really should not have put that in. Cause that would have been an insane moment in this movie. And they could have even gotten like the mentally illness route. Yeah. But I think that kind of eliminated that as soon as you see that in the trailer, right? You automatically know, Oh, she's not crazy. Like he's, he's alive. That I, I like those movies that kind of leave you like, oh, I don't know. Or is, is he alive? Is she like imagining it? Yeah, just like a the one that leaves you thinking at the end of the movie, like what's gonna happen after this? Exactly. But like it, like fully concluded it, and like I was the same way. Like when I watched the trailer, I thought I was gonna give away too much, but I still enjoyed the scenes that they showed. Yeah, I didn't have a big deal with that. I think they definitely didn't want to almost trick people into thinking that it was like a like a psychological thriller as a whole. Yeah, and, and people go into the movie and they're like, "Well, he, it was real. Like she wasn't crazy." Mm-hmm. So if people if they did that, then people might be upset with them. I don't think a lot of people were upset with how much they gave away with the trailer. I think that was just me, like my personal thing. Yeah, but as a whole, I thought it was a really good movie. And you said seven point nine, seven point nine. All right, um, and that's that's on God. We actually watched this movie with Wyatt's friend. Yeah, well, he's a coworker. Your coworker, yeah, his name is Harry, right? Harry, right? Actually, it's Harold. Yeah, okay, it's Harold. Harold. And how did you feel about the movie? Well, as a whole, I felt the movie was rather vague in its attempt to display its grandiose version oh of the w- the director's the grandiose what grandiose version of the director's vision. Of how he, as as a young man, he yeah. must have felt rather... He, because... Who's the young man here? The director, you see. Oh. He, he, oh as a young God. man, he must have clearly felt vulnerable in the sense that th- the movie it draws the inner workings of the director's mind as he grew from this young man into... Strong director. But we're talking about the movie. How'd you feel yes, about the movie? I'm getting to the movie. Okay. As you see, if to understand where the movie began, you must look at the director's upbringing and his resolution to bring the dynamic abuse onto uh. the screen into a way that the audience oh and you see the director. He 
as as a young man. <laughs> yeah, you said right. you said enough about his upbringing. Like we're just we're like at the conclusion. We want to know how you overall felt about the movie. The film. The yeah, film, the Invisible yeah, Man. The film as a whole oh, was God. a representation of the the terror that the director must have overcome in his All life. Right. Um, you know what, Harold? In order to <laughs> your mic's turning off, bro. <laughs> I can't do this Shut shit. This with... fuck. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I didn't want to bring him. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. All right, well, get Second out. Second episode. Nobody's listening. No, nobody's listening to this. Get out. Okay, well, um, let's just jump into reviews. Yeah. Let's read some reviews. Yeah. Okay, I got one here. Um, this is from John D. He said, A fresh modern take on the classic story, The Invisible Man is a suspenseful psychological horror that works amazingly well. A few good jump scares along with a few twists and turns. I found The Invisible Man to be well-written with some crafty camera work. Nice. While Elizabeth Moss provides a fantastic, noteworthy performance as our lead character, yes, like just about any movie, there are going to be a few gimmicks. These aren't always plot holes, but are often plot devices. The very premise of the film is an invisible man. Don't expect the science to back everything up. Nice. That's a good review. I actually I agree with John. Yeah, I'm with him. Yeah. All right, this one's from Montezzi G. The movie was all over the place, chopped and screwed. Very few, very few good scenes. Movie was very predictable, and the ending scene and music was overly dramatic. Whoever wrote it should be ashamed. Like, it was not overly dramatic. No. Whoever wrote it should not be ashamed. No. They're going to be ashamed a, all the way to the bank, too, because the movie's doing really well. Yeah, that was bad review, Montezzi. Bad. Boo. I got one from Allie here. It was a perfect movie to watch at nighttime when it's dark outside. It had lots of intriguing and exciting scenes, along with a few plot twists and curves. Overall, the movie was great, and I enjoyed it a lot. It definitely had some jump scares, but it wasn't too scary. I would rate it a 10 out of 10. I stayed interested the whole time. Nice. Thanks, Allie. This one's from Roger. Four stars. It was good. Needs number two. He says the number two. Okay, so I'm going to re- redo it. It was good. Needs to be a part two. That's exactly how I feel like he would say it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> good um, one, Roger. I got one from Young Bake. It's a five-star review. Don't bring no youngins. You're going to have to change diapers. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's advice more than a review. I want to make sure you didn't read this one. No, I didn't. Okay. All right, this one's from Ryan C. Four stars. Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man offers a great sci-fi horror scenario about a man who turns a toxic relationship into an unfathomable unfathomable nightmare. While there are a few plot holes, overall, Elizabeth Moss' commanding performance conveys his psychological warfare in horrifying fashion, and Winnell leaves a few unseen twists sure to shock viewers. Wow. That's a good good review. Who said that? Ryan C. Who's Ryan? Does not have a picture. Good review. Four stars. I got one here from Shy, four out of five stars. When she knows her husband isn't dead, and I disliked when some senses were kind of boring, all talking. Cheers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, this one has half a star. You can give half a star? Yeah. Half a star from DeAndre W. This movie was boring and very uninteresting. This movie, the movie didn't show any of the scenes that were in the preview. I will not tell anyone to see this movie. This movie should be removed from theaters. If this movie is nominated for any awards, I will be shocked and appalled. <laughs> he said that the trailer, what did he say? Uh, it did not show any of the scenes that were in the preview. Literally all of what was in the trailer was in the movie. Yeah. I don't know what movie you watched, DeAndre. Bad take. I don't know if you watched the Bad 1933 take. version, but you're wrong. Yeah, wrong. Wrong. I got one from Dylan O. Slow, predictable plot. No real scares. More siphon than horror. I think he meant sci-fi. Hmm. Siphon? <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, it wasn't really sci-fi, though. I mean, yeah, sure, there was, like, the suit that made him invisible was kind of, like, futuristic and stuff, but 
Yeah. I mean, that was really it. It wasn't like a future world where the shit's possible. Like he was leading the world in um tech. Tech. Yeah, he was doing technology. Doing great stuff. All right, this one's from Nathan, four and a half stars. Very good movie. Left me checking behind my back on the way out. I agree. I agree. I was actually driving home that night, and then like something in my car moved, and I got a little scared. Yeah, I did too. Like my seatbelt moved and made like the sound that went like, whoosh. Yeah, that scared me when I did that. What? What? I wasn't in your car. All right. This one's from Nitpicker. One and a half stars. Good. Started off good. Suspenseful enough to keep you interested. Bad. The villain is everywhere he needs to be at all times, without much explanation how he got there. Feels less like the Invisible Man and more like a battered wife lifetime movie. Mm. Half hour too long. I'd rather watch Hollow Man again. I mean, if you watch the movie, they explain how he's in all these places at different times. There was two. Shut up. All right, this one's from Sinesia C. Two stars. It dragged the storyline. It dragged the storyline was decent, but the movie definitely didn't. She fucked this shit up. What did she say? It dragged the storyline was decent, but the movie definitely didn't need to be two hours long. It just wasn't for me. Is that long? I feel like that's like average length for a movie now. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't feel like it was long when I was in there. No. It just wasn't for me, and that that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Anasia. Thanks. And um, is that it? Uh, yeah. That's all I got. All right. That's all we got for you this week. Um, second podcast in the books. Number two. Number two. Uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast because we're on all of them now. Harsh critiques. Welcome. Welcome. Very welcome. You got any messages for us? We also set up an email nothinggoodpod at gmail.com send us your comments reviews maybe we'll feature them on the show or if you have like a movie that maybe slept on that's like one of your like personal favorites oh yeah take recommendations welcome for future movie reviews that'd be fun that'd be fun and yeah uh, support us from day one like you have been and you will reap the rewards yep Chris say goodbye goodbye goodbye